This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Founder Stories is a production of Lola Media. Say hi, Lola. A founder's journey has its highs and lows. It's not a linear path. Every founder is also a regular person, filled with high hopes and big dreams. That middle part of their story, before they reach the top, is where we can catch them at their fullest potential. What we learn of their past gives us a glimpse into their future. This is Founder Stories. Our founders today ventured from across the Atlantic to start a new life in the U.S. Born and raised in Pakistan, Sidhar Qasim and Wakas Ali are modern-day examples of the American dream. Their company soared during the pandemic thanks to their innovation and adaptability. Their masks are ubiquitous, and their shoes are as popular as they are comfy. Today, we bring you the story of Adams. All right, guys. So thanks for being here. I've heard a lot about your origin story, but I would love to hear it in your own words and would love for you to tell us how you both met each other. Okay, I'll take this question. Uh, This was 2005. I had moved from my village to this bigger town, Ukara, for my high school, which was a big deal for me because I was like the first in family to leave the, leave the town. And that was also like a big change. And I somehow managed to live with some relatives and they were students of Sidra's aunts. And then I started going there in the same academy. And Sidra and I met there. Uh, we really like started as like just friends, but soon we started reading books together. And that's like when I discovered that Sidra is someone special and someone who is very ambitious and also very curious. I thought you are going to tell that story, Vakas. <laughs> Why don't you tell our first story of interaction? So Sidra's aunt asked me for a book recommendation. I was reading a novel which was very emotional, very romantic, a sad story. I gave that to Sidra's aunt. And then she gave that to Sidra's. And that was a, a novel with a very sad ending. And one day Sidra comes upstairs while her aunt is teaching me and she asks someone, who is this guy? And they're like, this is Vakas. So she said, oh, so this is the guy Vakas who gave that super sad, poor quality novel <laughs> and he has no taste. And I'm just like looking at her face like, oh, we are meeting for the first time. And then that's, and then she later told me like, okay, next time I'm gonna recommend you a novel and let's see which one is better. And then she recommended a different one, which was a lot better. And 
I would read like 30 pages and then I would give that to Sidra and then she would read like 40 pages and then she would give me back. We were really connecting on, on a deeper level. Actually, I was questioning a lot of things about my life, the way I was grew up in that small town. So kind of like it gave me a window of looking at how people think and how life can be. Vakas was my thinking partner and I was his thinking partner. That's how we developed this connection. When I first met him, he had a very good personality when I met him. He was very unusual for a guy who was coming from a village. He was wearing a collar shirt with dress pant and he always like smell really good. I think he was using some kind of like body spray a lot. And then he was he was keeping like a pack of tissue papers in his pocket. That's what I remember. And whenever like someone would sneeze, he would offer that tissue paper to that person. So it was very unusual. I ended up finding out about the potential of the internet in 2007. And I was like really inspired by that. Then I decided like, hey, maybe I could do something on top of it. And I started an internet agency with two other friends. They were from the business schools. One of the people I reached out, like she said, Look, I cannot work on this. So I called Sidra like back in Okada, like, hey, I learned about this thing called the internet. and I'm going to tell you more about it, but I'm starting a company around it. Are you interested? Would you join that? And she said, sure. Like she had no idea what, what I'm talking about. When Vakas reached out to me and he started talking about internet, particularly at the time, Facebook was very, very interesting medium for communication. So he, he started talking about that, how people are using Facebook for businesses. And I found that very, very interesting, particularly this idea that you can connect with anyone, no matter from where you are. So the business was that if you are a small company or like a nonprofit, we will help you build the right website help you write copy, even though our English was not good at all. Do everything for you to get your business online, how to talk to your customers using social media, how to go beyond the, like the Facebook likes and things like that. We also were learning HTML. We were learning like how to build websites from scratch and how like all of those things work, the blogging, the email marketing, and we had no paying client. In our first year, we had zero clients who paid us money. We also did not have our own computer in our first seven months. So we were trying to teach people how to use internet and like pitch our business. And we did not have our own laptop. I mean, I now I feel like you have to be actually crazy, like actual crazy person to do what we were trying to do. People would like look at us and they would like just see these two struggling kids from village. There was one small hope that this could work. But everything else was just intense. We were imagining some different kind of future, like when we were reading Harvard Business Review. And most of the time they were like also publishing story about interesting entrepreneurs and some stories where people started their company from garage or, you know, they, their initial days were big kind of struggle, but they eventually made it. So when we were reading those stories, those stories gave us a lot of hope. Like we were thinking that our time, you know, it won't take like 10 years. In 10 years, we will, we will do something amazing. I was visiting my village and in village there is this concept of something called panchayat. It's a local gathering of people sitting every evening or so discussing 
someone's buffalo has died or someone is not doing well or if someone needs help. And one evening, there were these three old people talking and one said like, hey, I received this text message about this thing called Facebook. And I had no idea that uh, someone in, in that panchayat knows about Facebook. I asked him, what you do? And he said, in, in Urdu, I make shoes. But he used the English word handmade. I make handmade shoes. And I was like, wow, interesting. Uh, can I see that? You know, you can even sell your shoes on Facebook. So he was like really surprised by that idea. I ended up visiting their shoemaking unit uh, just a few blocks from the panchayat next day. And then I told Sidra about it. And Sidra visited as well. And we were like serious about this idea of helping them sell their shoes on Facebook. And then he mentioned like, hey, maybe we should become partners. So it was me, Sidra, and this guy named Muhammad Hussain, who was the, the shoe master. He said, let's come up with $1,000, the money we need to make the initial inventory. So they both had 25,000 rupees, which is like $250 each. But Sidra and I did not have $250 each. So we could not start that company. But we were very passionate about that idea. We really wanted to do it. Uh, on, on the other hand, my mom gave me like 70,000 rupees at that time to buy a laptop. And I said like, hey, instead of buying the laptop, I'll do a business conference in Lahore and invite all the businesses and we will probably get some paid client and that then I can buy my computer. So we threw this like fancy conference in Lahore and uh, it was all just young people who are trying to learn about the internet. No serious business potential what you call prospective client came, no one came. It was a complete flop. It was a failure. And we also had invited our family. So I had invited my mother, my brother, Sidra had invited her mother, her siblings. So they can see that we are serious, that we are working on something. And they see this conference that is like total flop. And now I don't have money left with me, even to live in Lahore. When I moved to Lahore, I was receiving lots of calls from my home that, hey, you know, you should come back, get married and all of that stuff. And I was saying, no, I'm actually what I'm doing is very, very important. And you will see the result of that. And that was the time for me to show them what it was. And I had a really bad conversation with my with my mother because I was also aggressive and she was also aggressive. And one thing I was saying to her over and over again, you never supported me, you never supported me. And I was saying, you are treating me differently than my brother. Like I, I was in so much emotions that I kept saying her these kind of things. And she was saying, okay, I never supported you. You are going back home. But at the same time, I, I also remember that I was feeling that it that was not my just last chance. We can still make something out of this because I think maybe the part of the reason is the kind of stories we were reading at that time. They had an effect on me. And I was kind of like uh, pushing my parents that they should give me a chance. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So I have to go back to my village. Sidra had to go back to Ukada. She's not supposed to be using internet or computer any, anymore. But that idea of the shoe business kept coming in our mind. Like it, it was always there. I totally felt defeated, completely. Like I felt like whole world is crashed, like I'm, I'm done. The dreams, the ambitions, they were like totally crashed. But yeah, Sidra, how would you, how, how, how would you say that? Because I know like we were, there was a lot of crying. There was a lot of anger. When I went back home, the situation got really worse. My mother, she started saying to me that, hey, uh, you should involve a lot more in, in house chores. I was cleaning, I was cooking, I was a- any guest who was coming to our home. Like, I felt that only I was the one who was taking care of everything because my mother wanted me to engage more on that stuff. And then all of a sudden she started inviting many people in her friend circle who were coming to see me as potential bride. I have an elder sister who got married early on. She was like, you know, best in class, always very obedient to parents. And she she is like, you know, the kind of shining star at home. And I was completely opposite. I was like always question, argue, ask, all of those things. So I felt a responsibility that I need to be very protective of my siblings and, and you know, and help them see the world outside. So there was a lot of pressure. And I remember after 12 midnight, when everyone is sleeping at home, I would start reading those kind of stories again and would connect with Vakas after midnight too, to discuss like what's going on, what we should do. We always loved great story. Honestly, like that was the only thing that was keeping us like, we would read about founders and we would think that, hey, we can also do something. One thing we always noticed in other businesses was they were great at marketing, but their actual product was not as good. Uh, where Sidra and I were like, hey, it would be amazing if we had control over the quality of the product. So then you don't have to lie how good it is. So there was this deep desire to actually control the entire quality of the product so that we can talk about it in a certain way with a lot of passion and build a community. Like now these words are like very buzzwords. Like, And we like knew that we have this connection with shoes that we can use, uh, but we did not know how hard it was. So we ended up applying at different business programs around the world. Fortunately, we were able to win a small grant of 10,000 US dollar, which was huge deal for us in in Pakistan. So we won that grant. Can we uh, build our own website? There was no payment gateway. There was no shipping figured out. We opened our business to sell shoes in Pakistan. No one bought shoes from us in Pakistan. So we said, let's, we'll, we'll sell international. And then we sold uh, a pair in France in June 2012. And then it was very, very expensive to ship the shoes. We sold the shoes for like $90. And the shipping alone was like $120 to ship that to France. Uh, but we shipped that shoes. And that customer paid us $5 extra to support us. And he, his name is James Med. He lives in Australia now. And I'm still very grateful. I remember us 
us writing a beautiful handwritten note to him on a very good quality paper with very good fonts with with very good pen that I bought for for there was like so much love with everything also we were only shipping six shoes a month so we had all the time we actually pay not only attention on the product but experience is very very important like even now when vakas and i we think about going to some place yes food is important but as well as the experience is super important for us i'm also like just trying to like think over why we we pay so much attention but it is what we are i think like there is one other personal reason is uh, where inside somewhere you know that you are better than what people think of you your country is better than what people think of it mm-hmm. your craftsmanship is better when people think of it so let's try to play the best shot we can so that we can surprise them so that when someone in in the US or in France sees our product they are like wow this is cool it might change their narrative a little bit about pakistan a little bit about the the developing countries at the time we were reading a lot about apple even though we we did not have any apple product uh we we had li- not even touched an apple product we right. had not even looked at an apple product closely yeah but we were reading a lot about that like uh, obsession with product obsession with quality simplicity and how you are telling that story and then later on when we made some money by selling some shoes then we bought a second hand 3GS iPhone and it felt so good i was using nokia at the time you know that button phone and then we had this iphone 3GS with only one button in the middle and that that was crazy it it felt so magical so we were following apple a lot since it's been now like 15 15 years since we we are reading about it i remember we went to apple store in Palo Alto. Oh my god, like it felt unreal, magical experience. Like the feel and touch of the physical thing was very very interesting for us. Like for example, the kind of like table quality they had in their store. Me and Vakas we were continuously touching all those different surfaces in this store and then talking about they are not just like focusing on their main product but also on the experience and how other physical items in that experience are involved so then we trying to build this shoe business and then we are looking into doing this crowdfunding campaign on kickstarter and uh, that kind of works out we launched in september 2014 and around the same time we met with this woman from Germany and she looked at our business and she said like do you guys know Tony Shea who was the CEO of Zappos at that time and I said like yeah we have read his book and and she said do you guys should meet him and I said like hey that sounds good but we have never been out of country or and and and, and it seemed impossible to like visit US and all of those things uh, we took a $3500 loan and i was able to visit us in start of 2014 and when i was coming to the us like the goal was to visit us for like 7 8 days and my thinking was uh, for 4 5 days i will be in the downtown vegas where the zappos headquarters was where i was invited and i'll spend one day in new york and i'll spend one day in san francisco and i will meet with all the connections i have I also did not take into account that these cities were very far from each other. I also did not take into account that 
in the US, you are not supposed to just go and show up on people's house like, hey, I'm here to meet you. Uh, and uh, what happened instead was I ended up staying for 45 days in the US. I was able to raise $15,000 from an investor. And then another investor from UK, he invested $15,000 as well. And that was huge. That was huge. We registered our business in the US and then we we got married uh, in start of 2015. And we raised 107,000 US dollar on Kickstarter. It was the biggest money we ever saw coming into our bank or actually looking at that number that this belongs to us or our business. So that was huge. Everyone was like, hey, how did these guys raise $107,000 on Kickstarter overnight, like in, in just 30 days or so? It was a lot of money, especially like for Pakistan. We were the first company who raised that much funding being in, in Pakistan on Kickstarter. And everyone was asking like, hey, how, how you guys did it? And they were looking at like just, uh, you know, last 40 days uh, work. But the work we were doing before and also telling them our story on social media, particularly like Twitter and Facebook, we continuously like we were sharing our struggles as well as where we want to go. That actually helped us a lot because those people who were looking at us, that was their chance to help us in that moment. That was a very big moment for us. Oh, we have a support here. We have people who know us, who can actually invest money on us. Right after Kickstarter campaign, we had production challenges. I went to the factory with all the list of orders. When I entered into the factory, I saw they were packing their machines. Oh, and I said, what happened? Uh, they said, we were we took some loan from the, from the bank and we were not able to pay. And now they are closing our factory. I had a heart attack. I said, okay, this is our movement. And then I came back. I started calling to some of those people who I knew in shoe industry. I said, like, you know, we are pitching this idea that we in Pakistan, you can do high quality production and all of that. And we want to deliver on promise. So some of them, they came forward and they said, okay, you know, what we can do is we can introduce you with some of our connection. So I prepared a production plan that we will hire some craftsmen by ourselves and we will stitch the upper and then we will make the bottom part of the shoes from somewhere in the Europe. And then after one and a half month, factory owner called me that, hey, we, we are all set to start our business. Oh my God, it was a so big relief, even though I had set up all the backup plan for the production, but I was not sure how we're going to deliver the quality because I had never done that before. So he opened the factory, then we started the production and then we shipped a really high quality shoes. People were saying that we were not expecting this quality coming from Pakistan. I would say like when we were starting off, we did not really see a local brand in physical product that we could look up to, like with the whole philosophy behind it. Someone in my village started a brand after studying at one of the best engineering schools in Pakistan because he saw my journey closely and he wants to compete on quality. Pakistan is a country that can become a good creative director for a lot of, for a lot of the world. So once we started uh, living in, in Bay Area and at, at especially like from the, the Y Combinator ecosystem, we saw people were buying our product and they were like engaging with us and really liking us. But they were not using our product in their day-to-day -day life. 
And we were like, hey, we put so much passion into everything and people are not using our product. We met with Paul Graham. And this was one of the most important meeting we had. We told him that, hey, there is some problem, like this is something going on. We People are buying our product, but we are not seeing them wearing them as much. And he said, have you done research on your customer? You are coming from Pakistan, selling your product in the US. Have you done any research what your customer want and that was a very big point of uh, what kind of colors they are asking for, what kind of shoes they are, they want. That was the first time when we started uh, looking outside instead of like just focusing on what we are observing. So we are passionate about shoes clearly by this point. And the idea was, can we start a company that is willing to go to an atomic level to make the shoe better? And that was the reason behind Atoms. And then the idea was, we'll make the best shoes. We call it like the ideal shoes for every day. We started selling our first shoes, which was just to a, to a very small number of group in 2018. And then we uh, reached out to a manufacturer uh, in Korea. We made few shoes. Uh, it was like, I think 30 or 40 shoes in just 10.5 size because we were only able to afford 10.5 mold. Me and Vakas, we were both just like, you know, experimenting with this idea with our own money. And then what happened was uh, we sent an email to YC founders. We said, we are making shoes for hackers and painters. We have only a size 10.5. If you are in San Francisco, <laughs> we will invite you to our home. I remember like 169 people, they responded and then few of them, they said, hey, this is our size. We would love to come to your home and experience this product. So we were cooking for them, Pakistani breakfast, making chai for them and just talking about shoes. And that's how like we, when people tried those shoes, they loved the shoes. They said, oh my God, this is so comfortable. Those expressions were coming out over and over again. And that was the first indication for us that, oh, we have something, which, you know, which people want and which we can sell. And then people started sharing about this on Twitter, on Instagram. And then that's how like word of mouth generated. So when we launched in, in June 2019, there were like 40,000 people in the wait list to buy the shoes. When we entered into Silicon Valley, there were a lot of support for us. People were not rejecting us on the base of from where we are coming. In fact, there was a lot of acceptance. One thing which actually I realized recently is you have to be who you are. And it's very, very important that you grow in your own skin instead of like thinking about that, why you are not the other person. And this is something me and Vakas, we are actually working a lot on ourselves that we have a very unique story. We have a very unique identity. We have a lot of unique experiences that no other people don't have. <laughs> For example, like we were walking yesterday and Vakas said to me, um, when you meet some American Sidra, like sometimes they say, Oh, so you never tried a cheeseburger before? Yes, you, and you never tried a roti before. <laughs> that made me laugh. Uh, that, yeah, we have very unique experiences. Like, we are able to get into any culture easily as compared to, I think, a lot of other people. So there were a couple of mistakes we made. One was we launched too late. So we launched 
we launched Atoms publicly in June 2019. So that was like a six-month late launch. And six months, a lot of time. Like it, it could be like half of your startup life if you only survive for a year. We had good holidays, but we did not had as good of holidays. But January was good. February was good. And March was going to look good as well based on what was happening. But then the pandemic hit. And our March was terrible because everyone like stopped buying. It, it, COVID was everywhere, especially in New York. You can't compare your challenges with other people. Everyone has their own different challenges. Generally, like someone would look at other businesses and we were not sure what items should do by looking at other companies. Like, should we raise more money? Should we do this and that? And then our Korean team, they were wearing masks in like some of our team meetings. And we asked them why you are wearing masks. And they said like, in South Korea, we are really handling COVID well. And a big reason is the mask is helping a lot. And we said, why don't you send us some masks for our fulfillment team and for our team? So we received those masks. They were kind of fine, but not that good. And then we bought more masks from Brooklyn. And they were like these regular one-time use masks. And that mask was like 7 to $10. And I was thinking like, wow, this is pretty expensive mask. And Sidra came up with this idea that, hey, why don't we make Atom's mask and sell to our customers. And I was like, no, 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 no. We had a terrible year last year. This year we stay focused, right? Uh, that's like what I should do. Like we should, we need to stay focused and we need to stay nimble. And what happened then was we were in our board meeting and Alexis and Atif, they were also in support of the mask idea. And I was like, we don't have money for this to invest in this new test or experiment. And Alexis said, I'll give you $10,000 and you can donate those masks. Okay, that's awesome. That's like how Sidra started. Like she was already working on the mask samples without telling me. So she had the mask came out very quickly. And this all happened in like 18 days. And then we have like placing order for like 5,000 masks or I think it was 10,000 masks. And in April, Atoms launched mask. And we decided we're not going to be a company that makes money off pandemic. We're going to sell masks close to cost, and we're also going to donate one mask for each one sold. So far, we have donated, I think, around half a million masks in New York City and all over the U.S. already. And we have made over a million masks in, in, in total. We were continuously thinking that what is the best value we can add in people's life? We have to survive and we will do our best, but we are not going to make money out of pandemic. And that was the main theme. To be honest, like if I look back, I was worried about pandemic, but I was not worried about like how we're going to navigate uh, our business uh, through pandemic. And here is the reason. Maybe like it's, it's something related with my brain. Whenever some very, very tough situation arises, my brain starts thinking about, okay, what action I can take right now? And similarly, like we both have those kind of conversation. I don't get worried about that at all. If we are not thinking or we are not working towards anything, then I'm worried. So I knew that, okay, in one form or the other, we will get out of this. And it was very, very hard and challenging from supply chain because 
you know, people were still working in a very close in, in factory setup. So we have fulfillment center in, in Brooklyn Navy Yard. We kept running that fulfillment center during pandemic and no one got sick because we had like all those processes in place very early on. Thanks to our operations team and customer support team who, who brought uh, those issues early on and said, hey, this is what's happening and we should actually have those kind of setup in our company. What 2020 did was it introduced Atoms to so many new customers who learned about Atoms masks and started wearing them. And they loved the quality of the mask. They loved the initiatives. They loved the sizing. Wall Street Journal said these are the best masks when it comes to materials. And it, it's like, I think what Atoms is building, especially under Sidra's leadership, is this brain of like building amazing product that you can apply to more products. And mask was a clear example of that. So... We grew 300% uh, from 2019 to 2020. The best thing that happened to us was uh, we had met with Brandon Stanton at Humans of New York, who became interested in, in our story, particularly Sidra's story. And he started working with Sidra for about six to eight months on just like learning about her story, writing it down, getting the information, all of that. He's also been to Pakistan, so he kind of like also understands how unusual this is, but the story speaks for itself. So that was like a big thing that was coming at the same time. Our mask customers started buying our shoes. We were donating our shoelaces to people who are making homemade masks to distribute. So there was a lot of like community work that was happening in, in the company. And, and there was a lot of momentum was building on all the fronts. What we are doing this year is we are going back to like why we started this company and just executing against that. So we are working on new products. We are working on community initiatives. We recently launched an initiative called Introducing, where Atoms is going to be the first paid client of many freelancers, studios, and all of that. Because we did not have paid client when we started our first company before the shoe company for like a long, long time. So how we involve our community more, how we support them, and how we introduce them to each other. One thing which Vakas and I were doing, we were very clear with our ideas, but we were discussing with a lot of people and we wanted all of them to agree with us. You try to like get validation from your peers, from your friends and family, and it backfired us. And as Vakas mentioned, the default of every work is average, like everything falls towards average. So if you have to like create something excellent, it's a different kind of force. And one of the force is stick with your guns. Stick with your guts, stick with your vision. It's very, very, very important. Again, the other side is like people who are giving advice, like I'm one of those person right now who is giving some advice, but this is something I have learned uh, in a hard way. People who are giving advice, they have a lot of, a lot of responsibility. Bad advice can trip you really, really bad. I think my family, uh, especially my mother, she's always been supportive of me and, and she was like, she had this kind of like almost blind trust in me for so long. Uh, but I do remember like this was 2014, I think, or 2013, a few years after college. I had not graduated from college and I'm like working on this crazy shoe idea. And she's like, Vakas, I used to have a friend and she had a brother who used to be very smart and very curious. And he was always working on his project that he would make it. And he was working on that for like long and long and long and long, long years. And he never made it. Is that what's going to happen to you? And that's like the only time she asked me that question. And I'm like, 
no, uh, Amit, that's not going to happen to me. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing really good result. And now seeing them move from our village to Lahore, my other brothers, they have started their own companies. They are working in, in, in really good startup, like on innovation and operations. So my parents, like, they understand some of what we are doing, but they don't understand how special it is in many ways. Like a lot of people, I think, in my village still think that if they send their kids to the U.S., they would start atoms and they would do all these things. So they have like an idea of how successful or how how far we have come, but they also understand that we have bigger ambitions. My family, they are now very proud of me and I have a very good connection and I see a lot of change in them. Now they have a very different perspective of the world because of me. Also, like I think now in our home, the idea of asking a question is becoming like more important. I would say uh, like now if someone is asking a question, people don't shut that person out. That was the one thing which I, when I was growing up, I always felt like when I was raising a question on some of the society norms, some of the things we were doing at home, or to like also to ask a question about some of the religious element as well. There was a door closed or I had to, to shut myself. Question is that one thing that brought a lot of curiosity in every child. And now I also see the way we are raising young daughters in our family. Like my, my brother has one daughter, my sister has two daughters. The way we are raising them in our family, it's so beautiful. Like I, I love that, giving them so much respect, space, so you don't have to kill their curiosity. I think that makes me makes me so happy. Founder Stories is a production of Lola Media and is hosted by me, Meshlakani. Thank you to Sidler Kasim and Wakasa Lee for sharing their journey with us. To find out more about Adams, visit their website at adams.com. This episode was produced and mixed by Ramsey Yunt with our senior producer, Olivia Briley. Our music is by Blue Dot Sessions, and we appreciate you sharing this with your friends and, of course, subscribing to us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you choose to listen. Until next time.